welcome to Being Extraordinary with Akasha Awaken. Here we awaken the Akash to the non-physical reality that stores ancient wisdom and magic for us all. This podcast is dedicated to the stories, the knowledge, and the people who have found a way to tap into this knowledge and bring it into our physical reality, fully allowing themselves to embrace our true and extraordinary nature, and hopefully inspiring you to do the same. In today's episode, I am interviewing Magdalene Al Asmi. And Magdalene and I um, go back a solid eight years when her journey began in Canada as a part of the Syrian Refugee Crisis Initiative that took place in 2015. So at the time, I had been working at an organization who helped welcome and integrate um, these families into their new communities. I particularly worked in the department with children, so helping children get ready for school in Canada, being the liaison between the family who often did not speak English and a very English-speaking school setting. So school supplies, buses, calendars, you know, school zones, all that kind of fun stuff. So I had worked primarily with her children. So Mashdaline hails from Syria. She's a beautiful, bright um, Muslim woman. Her first Uh, language is Arabic, and she has accomplished some really profound things in her time here in Canada. Um, For the most part, our relationship had been fairly work-based. We were obviously close, we had dinner together, things of that nature, but it was really working. Um, Until recently, I reached out and said, hey, Magdalene, I haven't connected with you in some time. I would love to catch up. Let's Let's set it up. So I had recently had coffee with Magdalene. And in that time, her actual story about what had happened to her in Syria, her fleeing the war, some of the the sights that she saw, and experiences that she truly lived firsthand had come up. And it's not that I wasn't aware that that happened. I had heard, you know, in very passing comments that some of the families I had worked with had really lived some traumatic experiences. But remember, I worked with the kids, we were keeping it light and fun. That wasn't information that I needed to know about to do my job effectively. So it wasn't things that came up. And she had told me her story. And honestly, I was shocked because Magdalene is very intelligent. She's so easy to work with, well-mannered. She's just a delight to be around. And you would never know that just a short few months before I had met her, she had experienced something that I hope nobody has to experience in their entire life. And I don't know if I find her story, so I find everyone's story very compelling when they come from extreme circumstances and really make something out of a traumatic experience. I obviously am always interested in those stories. But there's something about her story because we are the exact same age. So when I hear about her story, it's so easy to be like, wow, this could have been me. So her story, she lives through some insane things and she's in her early 20s at the time. So when we had gathered for coffee to catch up, I had invited Magdalene to share the story. I said, you know what? This is very compelling. And I think far too often we assume that if people are have a nice life and things are going really well that there's no story there it's everything just happens the way that it happens and we don't acknowledge the profound background that so many of us live with that 
we can turn those dark moments or those traumatic moments and really turn it into the fuel that lights our fire to move forward and do what's right by us and our family and take chances. So Masheline has kindly agreed to share her story because trust me, it is profound um, on this podcast. And she has come so far and lived what I would say several different lifetimes in this short span of eight or so years. And what she's about to tell you and the experiences that she's gone through are nothing short of extraordinary. Listen in. Okay, and we are back. And today I have such a great guest. I have Mashdaline here with me. And we actually met back in 2015, but two seconds ago, I was like 2017. So you've been here for how many years? Eight. Eight? Oh my God, I can't believe how long we've known each other. But anyway, I met Mashdaline back in 2015 when I was working um, for the YWCA, who was welcoming people from war in Syria. So you were actually the first, one of the first families yes. that came first to Prince Syrian Albert. Family, to Prince Albert. You were the first Syrian family? Yeah. Wow, how epic. That, that This is the interview we're having. But anyway, I wanted to have Magdalene on here today to talk about her story because it is amazing. Um, and you've went through so many changes. You yeah. moved across the world. You learned a new language. You integrated into a community that has a terrible winter. Yeah. <laughs> and now you've been, you know, doing your thing for eight years and now you work at the YWC too don't you so it's come full circle the organization that you know met you when you got here now you work at and do that for others which is incredible so anyway I wanted you to kind of come on and talk about your story you know what was life like in Syria when did things change that kind of thing okay like as Kyla said my name is Marjolene and I came um to Canada in 2000 on the coldest year and the coldest month of the year it was very cold here but like in my country our weather is different our life is different we were sitting there we're happy in, their li in our life everything was good until like the first day that the the airplane come and throw the first bomb beside our house it was like very hard to go outside in a minute. You don't know what happened outside. And I just went outside running with my husband and my oldest son. And I forget that I have a baby on the on the bed. I forget him. Like after I ran outside, my husband asked me like, "Where's, where's your son? What's face?" I said, "Oh, I just left him." Like he go back and then grab face, and then we went to a neighbor basement. We think. At that time, we thought like it was safe to be in the basement. Like the bomb will, will not go through like three or four floors. Mm -hmm. But like it was very bad. Like the bomb destroyed. It's not just a house, like maybe five, six houses around. It was very hard. And did yeah. you guys know that the war was coming or was it like a surprise? No, it's a surprise. Like, oh I was just sitting, we were fasting that they would come along. Oh, of course, during Ramadan. And then I was feeding Hassan because he's still one years and a half. And I feed him and then I told my husband, I hear an airplane. And he said, Are you sure? But we know, like, the airplane come to different places in Syria. But this is the first time was coming to our place. 
and then we just hurry up and then we went to our neighbor's basement and then when we went there like if you see that the scene is very like i don't know how to explain it you see a mom like carrying two girls they were taking a shower and she just wrapped them with a, a towel mm. and then she bring them there and then one of the men's come like he doesn't have her hand like his arm broken from the top and then bleeding other kids came screaming mom's searching about her kids like if i explain it from today until tomorrow i won't finish oh like it was very bad and then a couple of days we don't go back to our house like we went to our friend's house for a couple of days and uh, until my dad said like we can't live here anymore we should go like my mom and my sisters and my brother left before me, mm-hmm. but my dad stayed there until I finished my passport and everything because he said I can't live here. And, and so then, did they leave to a neighboring country? Did they go to Jordan? Yeah, they go to Jordan, but they didn't go like uh, with a passport. Like they just crossed the border mm-hmm. walking. Right. And if a, you don't have a passport, what happens? Yeah, you should cross walking. Mm, like mm-hmm. if the the like the police attack you, maybe they will kill you. Oh my you goodness! And can you work and things if when you get to Jordan if you don't have a passport or no? It's okay. hard. Like until today, my my sister got married and then her husband doesn't have any paper with him until today. Until the day he still work under the table because he doesn't oh, have anything. Wow. Okay, has her name on it. And then until like my dad said like. Today, the day we should leave, like, he know, because my dad used to work in the military, he know mm-hmm. it's getting worse, and then we should leave. And then he went just to grab a paper for my sister, because she just finished her university. And then when he went there, he took my son with him. And then he's late, like, more than two hours, and there's no phone to call him at that time. Like, they cut all the phones, everything. And I tried to call him a couple of times, but he doesn't answer. And then after two hours, my husband came and said, why are you late? Why you don't come? I told him I'm still waiting for my dad to come back. But until now, he doesn't come. And then Hassan with him. And then when I told him that Hassan with him, he's shocked. And he took the motorcycle and then he just ran. He doesn't say anything. Oh my goodness. I just go from this door to other door, just looking to see if someone's coming. And then after 10 minutes, I saw like, my dad's car is coming and like when I look through the windows it's not my dad driving and the one besides not my son and then when the car stopped I said where's my dad and then he just opened the the back door of the car and then he come down with like he's wearing a white abaya and the blood all over the white abaya and at that time I didn't think about my dad I think about my son because he's <laughs> He's always with him. He said, where's my son? He said, he's okay, he's okay. And then at this time, my dad get a shot in his shoulder and then open this shot, open his back. Like it's very bad shot. And then he's okay. He came home at that day and then get stitches without freezing or anything. Oh. And then the next day morning, he said, like, let's go. We can't wait. I, said, I told him like, Maybe two, three days, like your arms still, like still very bad, like you can't drive with this. He said, no, we should go. 
Like he rubbed his hands with the mm. with the towel and everything, and then he dressed up. He doesn't want anybody to saw him like mm-hmm. he's he got a shot or anything. And then we drive for six hours, waiting on the border because you know someone he can stamp our mm-hmm. our passport. We we sit there for six hours until this person came and then stamped the paper and then crossed the border and then now we feel like safe. Mm-hmm. Everything's good, but now but after that, like we start from the beginning. We right. don't have anything with us. We don't have money. We don't have clothes with us. We don't have anything. We start there from my husband working. And, and where just, did you stay? Like, where were you staying? Did you have friends? Yeah, or... I uh, I stayed with my my brother and my sisters, my family, first 25 days. And then my husband decided to go find a job and work. And then we rent a small house. It's not, like, it doesn't paint. Like, there's no windows in this house. Mm-hmm. Like, just, we bought plastic on the window to live for a couple months. Mm-hmm. After that, my husband said, like, I, I don't want to be working with other people. I should open my restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then we start to open the restaurant, and there's a lot of people helping us to open this because we don't have, like, much money to open the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then we start to work, 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 until we are okay. And then we get a call from the UN. Mm-hmm. They call us, and then they ask if we want to go to Canada. I told my husband, no, I don't want to go. We don't know this country. We don't know what language they speak. We don't know like their religion. We don't know anything. I don't want to go. I want to stay with my family here beside my mom, my dad, and my sisters, brothers. He said, no, if we stay here, it's not good. Like, see, I'm working all day, all night, and we don't have enough money for kids if they go to school or anything. I said, well, it's up to you. Like, do what you want. And how old were you at this time? Because you were, you're super young, like, you were young when you were... Yes, around 20, 23. 23. 23, mom of two, fled yes. your country, started a business, and now the UN calls you and says, hey, you yes. have this opportunity to go to Canada. Yeah, I was so, wow. like, so nervous, even when we got, like, they call us, and then after, like, around 28 days, we should be going like it doesn't take a long time like to search yeah. or find out or they didn't tell us like the place we're going to. Like they just say we're going to Canada. We don't know where we're going. Yeah. And then we just sign a paper and then when we get to the airport, my husband said, where are you going? Do you know where? <laughs> like I think, oh, I will change my mind. I will come back. I say, no, you can't stop the airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, just think about it. And then now we're going to stay here in the airplane. And then after we reach there, we're going to think what we're going to do. <laughs> and then when we reach to Toronto, like, it's freezing. Even nobody can go outside. Like, the kids, like, I didn't wear, like, just them properly. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't this... even have clothes that were yes. winter for Canada. Yes, for Canada. Did they have yes. coats for you? Yes, they give us on the, when then, when we reach Toronto, they give us the coats and everything. And then the next day we come to to Saskatoon, and then there's all the YWCA outside waiting for us, but we don't know like where we're going, what's happened. Oh and we have just a paper with us, like telling, telling like who we are, and then 
Was there anybody at the airport for you that spoke Arabic? No. Because some like at the beginning, you're the first family, there wasn't that many Arabic speaking people. So it was like even more confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. And then just walking toward the door, like that. But we look around, nobody here, like all the people just left and then you don't know what to do. And then my husband showed the security over there, like, do you know anything about this paper? He just showed him the paper, like he doesn't know how to speak English. And then he just go in this door, this way, and then we just, the doors open and we saw all the people just waiting for us, all like riding we see stuff staff waiting outside they have flowers they they come to hug us welcome welcome you're the first family oh. and then the tv <laughs> <laughs> taking a pictures and i don't know what's happened at that time like until today <laughs> if i think about this day i was so surprised to what happened and then they put us in a big van and then at this time we don't know what's happening or where we're going so oh my this, god they told us, like, we're going to the hotel, and then they drove us for one and a half hour, and then, we, then after two days, they told us we are the first Syrian family, nobody here speaks Arabic, and I got a shock, like, what, how, what the heck, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, we don't speak Arab, English, and then how to, we're going to speak with those people, and if we want anything, how are we going to tell them? And then two days later, like... BA now come and then record us and then put us in the news and oh my gosh and all the people on the street like if we saw anybody on the street like just waving to us say hi welcome to Canada <laughs> well, we don't know the story and then so, and can they they could tell who you that you were the family because you wear the yeah, hijab right I'll and then wear the probably hijab. the first person yeah. in Prince Albert <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like I start to go to school and then the next day a couple of families arrive that I feel like more oh, thank safe thank god yeah more safe like there's five six families around me now we can speak we can talk and after a couple of weeks I start to go to YWCA to study English and uh, I feel it's very bad if I don't speak English if I want to visit a doctor it's very hard mm-hmm. to say a specific thing about yourself and you have translator with you and mm-hmm. I always force myself to do more more study hard do my homework and then came back home watch YouTube videos to learn fast mm-hmm. until like after three years studying at YWC I get uh, level eight mm-hmm. that's really high yeah it's yeah. very high like, but every two months they moved me to different class because I was like if the teacher asks a question I'm the first one who answer yeah I remember That's that why, yeah. yeah yeah you did move up really fast yes after three years I finished everything I have a baby she was yeah. I stayed home for one year and three months and then I joined SAS Polytechnic Mm-hmm. After that, and then so you finished, got your grade twelve, right? Yeah, finished grade nine, ten, eleven, and twelve in three years. Wow! And early childhood education, all of them. You have early childhood yes. education too. Yes, oh all God. of them in three years. Like I oh, worked wait. so hard; it was like an extremely hard years oh, with the babies. Yeah. Not to mention, like, and then getting used to a new culture, new weather, yes. like, and I everything's learning everything new. Yeah, I learned everything new. Oh my goodness. And now I used to it. It's okay. If the snow's coming, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
So would you say that like you're doing well, you're happy, you're proud of how far you've come? Yes, I'm very proud of who I am today and also my kids are proud of me. Mm-hmm. Because in my country I used to finish my grade 12. I want to finish it about life. I didn't pass and then I got married. Mm-hmm. And then my mom always told me that she wants me to be a good educator. Mm-hmm. But my mom now passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Three years ago with the cancer. Oh. And my Did dad, you have a chance to see her? No. No. Oh. That's uh, that was right in COVID. Yeah. Oh it's in God. COVID and also like I get to make an citizen after three years waiting because of COVID. And then I applied for my passport and right. my passport come like two weeks ago. Oh my god. Yeah. So for people that don't know, when you come to Canada as like a re- if you have a refugee or yeah. asylum status, you don't have a passport. You get a piece of paper that says, Hey, you're in asylum, we're welcoming you into Canada. So you can't tra you can only travel with that piece of paper to your destination yes. and then you cannot go anywhere else until you receive a Canadian passport. Yeah. And like that was right in the middle of the pandemic. So you have to first become a Canadian citizen and pass all those tests. You need to have the appropriate English level. And then you have to wait the regular time for a passport. Like, oh, yeah. that is crappy timing. Yeah, I bought it for my passport last year in February. Mm-hmm. And then until this February, it's back. <laughs> and and we're, doing, we're doing this interview in February 2023. So yes. it literally took the full eight years yeah oh my goodness it's worth it so your mom wanted you to be an educator she obviously thought you were very smart and you are yeah always like when i'm studying when i'm young she said you're good you should be something in the future Mm -hmm. well yeah and so how old were you when you got married i was 19 yeah, so did you finish your grade 12 or not quite? Yeah, I finished, like, but in my country it's different than Canada. I okay. should do the whole book at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I should do math, science, biology, everything at the end of the year. And I should study the whole book. Oh, and I see. And do other tests for it. Oh, okay, I get it. That test was very hard. I didn't pass the test, that's why. Mm. And then after, if you would have passed the test, would you have to have then studied another thing to become an educator? Or once you graduate grade 12, you can do whatever you want? No, if I graduate at grade 12, I should go to university okay. to education. Yeah, and then that's when you got married. Yeah, I got married, yeah. I have kids, and then the war started. Oh my goodness. Well, you know yeah. what? It's like there was a huge part of the story where you were basically in like, survi- like starting a new life. Like Yeah, starting a new life. But now you can choose to do what you want. Like yeah. now you can do those things. Yeah. So what... Do you have, what's your dream like in Canada? What do you want to do? If you could do or be anything, what would it be? Oh, I want to be a teacher first. Like this is, was my dream before. Teaching but little I, kids, adults, yeah. in school? Teach, yeah. Mm. Like, but first, like I do teach my kids first. Yes. Because they're and still then, very young. How yes, old are your kids? Yeah, 12, 10, she's four years. Okay. First, I want to Teach my kids. Second thing, like if I got any paper from anywhere, from the government, I want to know what's this paper. I don't want to know every time mm-hmm. when other people ask them what this paper and yeah. what this means. But just so you know, the, yeah. the Canadian like government papers, like I sometimes, I'm like, what is this saying? Like yes. it's hard for everybody. Yeah, but like if you don't have, like if you have just a little form, like, 
you are not able to understand all these oh, people yeah. or sign anything about it. But now, like, I have a better understanding of all the people that kids have from school or anything. I teach my kids now English, Arabic, and French. Mm-hmm. I teach them English and Arab, but I can't teach French. <laughs> until, but maybe in the future, we'll learn French. But until now, no, I'm good with two languages. And then second thing, I want a good person that know about everything around. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, some people to ask me about anything and I don't know how to answer. Mm-hmm. I get my education. So you're you're still kind of studying and learning and then eventually you want to go back to school to become a teacher? Yes. Yeah. Wow. My plan to go next year, inshallah. <gasps> oh my God. To science polytechnic again. And I have, I have a lot of support. Yeah. Teachers at Sasbury Technic that they helped me in the past and then they try to help me in the future. And the, mm-hmm. lots of people around me, even I don't know them, like just when I came to Canada, they mm-hmm. know me. And then they start to push me every day and every time to be a good educator. And then they help me. Now I will study maybe next year, I will be coming back. I leave this year to work and because I need much experience. And as you know, like I'm still not speaking very good English. I want to learn to speak a very good English. Mm-hmm. And then to I work a little bit to have this much money if I go to university mm-hmm. I will be a part for right. the courses I need to take. That's why I work for this year's or uh, I work with YWC settlement services as a mom and baby circle. Oh good for you. And that's yeah. helping the mom and with the yeah. babies learn English, English right? Yeah. Wow. And then do craft or anything, ask questions in English. And then, right. And yeah, there's a part have, of it that's about socializing too, because, yes. you know, it can be isolating in winter at home with, yeah. as a, with a baby. And also I work with the Saskatchewan River Public Schools Division as an EA. Really? Sub-EA. Oh, amazing. That's yeah. awesome. So do you get call-outs? To other to schools to help yes. out. Yes, now I know all the school around and all lots of teachers around, oh. even kids. Like a couple months ago, I was walking in the mall and then there's a little girl. She just come like running and she hugged me. I said, no. "Who is this girl?" She said, "Oh, you were my teacher last week." I said, oh. <laughs> "So yeah. cute." You're like accidentally famous in this town because of just oh. being like the first person. Like, and I even think about. Like, I had just called you up. I had seen your husband, and I was like, oh, like, I haven't seen Mashalina in a while. I should see what she's up to. So I had messaged you, and I was like, you had, we ended up talking about your story. And I was like, we should talk about this. Like, we should get this on the podcast. So, like, again, you know, like, people always want to hear your story, right? You are a good, like, speaker and teacher and, yeah, just, like, very memorable, <laughs> accidentally famous in Prince yeah. Albert for, for the story that you've had. So do you feel... God or the divine helped you through that? Like, was there any moments where you were like, I can't believe this happened. I must be very protected in your whole journey. Sometimes I feel like maybe God like chose me to be here because, you know, about everything about my past. Mm -hmm. And then I'm a good person. That's why he chose me to be in this place. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not easy. In a new country, a new place, mm-hmm. new people, new life. Yeah, when you were telling your story about like when you got here, I literally was like, that is terrifying. Yeah. Like to arrive to a place 
not knowing where you're going, can't communicate, no one's really told you what's going on, it's freezing, you've never seen the country before. Yes. Like, I would, you guys handled that really well, that's very scary. Yeah, the first couple of months, I always crying, and told my husband he want to come back, go back, like, it's not good, like, see, it's, it's winter all the time, like, you yeah, can't go outside, walk, or visit anybody here, because you should have a car, and driver license, and everything, yeah. but at that time, like, my husband had a driver license from my country, and then after nine months, I have my driver license, and I'm good. Now I have class for driver <laughs> license. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, wow. So, if you were to, like, what got you through all that? Like, how did, you said, like, that would have been hard, and you said you're crying every day. Is there anything that, like, got you through? Was it, like, your faith, or your family, or just knowing you had no choice, like, no, like, uh, I got through all this stuff, like, my husband always supports me, mm -hmm. and then every, t every day he told me that I'm, I'm, I'm here because, we're here because, like, we have this, uh, like, the happen in Syria, but I am here, it's your family or dad, if you have anything, it's in trouble or that. Anything you want to ask about, I will be here beside you. Ah, he's such a good man. <laughs> you guys are <laughs> such a great family. <laughs> ah, so nice. So you always felt like supported and loved. Yeah. That there was like, a, you know, community and family. And if you had to give advice to other people who are going through what you're going through, like big life changes and not stable and not knowing like what they're you know, next moments might entail, what kind of advice would you give? I would tell them, like, uh, to believe their self mm -hmm. first, and then don't think, like, all the door will be closed. Like, some, some door will be open, and if you get to this door and then it's closed, know that the Creator give you another chance to try. Mm -hmm. And if you are not good in this, on this thing, it will be better on other things. Mm -hmm. And then just follow your dreams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. That's what I um, talk about a lot with people. If something isn't working, it's oftentimes because it wasn't like meant for you. There's something else that you're good at or it's like your calling yeah. or your specialty. You know, the city that we live in, there's not a lot of light. You know, yes. it is a hard place. There's a lot of issues here. It's very cold for a long period of time. And sometimes I think the people that can like shine the brightest light or make the biggest difference end up getting stuck here because there's a lot of people who need yeah. healing. You know, I talked to somebody once and I said, it's like, oh, you know, I just don't know why I had to be born in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Like, it's really not the land of opportunity. And they said to me, like, sometimes the brightest lights end up in the darkest places because you get to change how things are. And, you know, you yourself have experienced racism and things like that. Does it make you, like, passionate about educating people about, you know, race or difference or language or faith? Like, do you care about that stuff? Like, what do you like to yeah. educate in? Yes, a lot of people they don't know about like different religion or different colors or different people come from different countries. They don't know the situation. Mm -hmm. That's why I came here or what's the problem over there. But like they just know I am different or I am wearing a hijab. That's mean I'm different than them or I'm coming here to take their land or 
to take their job or a lot of stuff like that. Like I have this experience one time when I was pregnant with my daughter and I went to see the doctor and I was on very bad mood because I always when I go to the doctor they send me to do a picture like an x-ray because my baby doesn't feel good at that time mm-hmm. and when I when I reached to the office like to the doctor office and then there's a lady over there she just like saw me and she started screaming my face and she said where are you from I said from Syria she said you coming here and you have a baby too why you come here why you don't stay in Syria and die in the war I I don't know what to answer her oh my God. I, at this moment, I just sit and start to cry, and like, like I just feel about like feeling about my baby. Like I am just thinking about what I have in my stomach. Like mm-hmm. my baby's not good. I am not feeling well too. And then she starts to scream, and then after that, I don't know what to do, and I don't know to to answer. Mm-hmm. But all the people around me start to tell her to be quiet. But she's st- still screaming, screaming, and don't be quiet. And tell the doctors got out and I take her inside. And then they all start to sit beside me and talk to me. And, Are you okay? And how you feel now? She's she doesn't understand what the situation you have. And I I told them like if you were in the war and then you you saw in front of you other kids is dying or they didn't have a head or arm oh or legs what you're gonna do put yourself on my yeah spots or my situation what you're gonna feel yeah oh my god that's oh. awful but you've had encounters with more people being good to you right yes yeah a lot of people good yeah, yeah. oh that's terrible <sighs> So when you work with, if you, in the future, you want to work with children, right? Yes. Is there something like special that you want to like pay forward to children? Like, how do you want to make them feel? Why are you passionate about educating them? Yeah. I always want the kids to be safe first, mm-hmm. first thing, because if you are safe, you can't do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And there's so many kids that like don't feel safe or don't feel seen or don't yeah. feel validated. So I think that's a really great great perspective to want to take into that that's amazing so is there any like final things that you wanted to say or share with yeah i want to share that i want to say like to all the people around me and they help me support me thank you very much to being part of my life yeah there's been a lot a lot of people but I think that you've given a lot to other people too like I think so Masheline was one of the first families I ever worked with and I worked with kids going to school helping newcomer children integrate into school when their language barrier so I remember that you guys were one of the first families that I worked with you know however much I ever or anyone's ever helped you like I feel like you've always repaid cooked us amazing meals, you know, you've said nice things, you've always been such a pleasure to work with. And I think you've taught me a lot too, just through even your story or your experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's always an exchange. When you get something, you always give something. Ah, Oh, that's so nice. I wanted to thank you for sharing your story because it's not easy reliving that. that. Oh, yeah. And if there's ever anything you want to share in the future. I just want to share last point that yeah. after I thank all the people 
like the all the Sanskrit technique teachers that support me all the way to the staff, all my friends around, all the people they know me after that. And uh, I will say like if you want to hear a lot of or more story about the refugee, we have a refugee day at YWC on June twentieth. And they will share story and mm -hmm. show other people what's happened there and mm -hmm. they will talk about it. Yeah, actually Re World Refugee Day is an amazing event at the YWCA because it's not just people from Syria. There's people from like yeah, all countries, countries who have like totally different stories about how they got here. This podcast is called Being Extraordinary. Honestly, it's because behind every person that you see, usually there's this crazy story that you'd never know like when i first met you i would have like i heard stories about syria obviously yeah. we've seen it in the news and it was awful but i never would have known that you were somebody who like seen it firsthand watched yeah. a bomb go off seen dead people like yeah. i never would have known that so i think people like constantly judge oh you know this person's happy or nice yeah. they probably don't have any worries in their life when really, like, you've experienced something, like, highly traumatic and you'd never know. So I really love that you share your story because it just goes to show you things aren't always what they seem. Yeah. Right? And you, I think we do need to give people, like, grace to be like, I don't know what you've been through. And we can't guess. Like, I can't ever imagine what it feels like to do what you did. I can, like, try, but I'll yeah. never know. Yeah, nobody knows other people's situation or what's happened to them. Yeah. Like, they always just judge the book from its cover. They mm -hmm. don't know what's inside of it. So do you think moving to Canada helped you? Like, do you feel like you've... Did you ever feel like you judged people by their cover and then you went through something crazy and now you're like, I don't know. Do you feel like you have more compassion or yes. you've always been compassionate? Yes, I'm always... Not always, but now I've more compassionate about this. Yeah. I'm starting to understand other people before I judge them. Like I start to know their situation or what that's happened. And I start to tell my friends, like, don't say, Oh, why he did this or why he did that. Like listen to a story or like give this person a time to tell you what's happened. Exactly. And, you know, I think there's also this assumption, like when you think about Canada, there's probably lots of people that have lots of thoughts. But I mean, just generally, it's like, oh, you know, people are nice. Life is like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we don't realize like how diverse just one person's story is. Like you and I live in the same town, right? Yeah. And we, I don't know, I think we get along great. We're at the same age, but we have two totally different stories. And that's the same, like a room of people, an office of people. Everybody has such a dynamic story and we don't talk about it because it's so private, right? And then it's giving people... Yeah, the benefit of the doubt. And I consider myself someone who is always compassionate, but definitely working at the Y helped me a lot too. Yeah. To be like, oh, wow, I really don't know anything. <laughs> like, but yeah, June 21st. I'll make sure I share that on my page for 20th, anyone. 20th. Oh, June 20th? Yeah. Okay, I'll make sure I share that when it gets closer because it's always such a great event at the Y. Awesome. Anything else? No, I'm good. Thank okay. you very much. Well, thank you so much for being here.